and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast, a discussion of God's extraordinary works through His ordinary ways. I'm Winston Weber, and I've got Mike with me today to talk about how to glorify God while growing in Christ. How's it going, Mike? Good, Winston. Good to be with you today. It's great to be with you. Uh, you've been gone for a little while, so it's great to be with you again. I, I've missed you. I've missed you too. In <laughs> fact, I'm just going to let our listeners know that we are here in the office of the Master's Academy International on the campus of the Master's Seminary. I'm here taking a preaching class for two weeks. And so Winston has made the journey out, made the trek out. I walked all, all the, the way, way here, to yeah. Sun Valley. Uh-huh. So. Uh, we're in a nice spot here, a nice quiet spot on campus. As quiet as it can be on a campus, but that's okay. Today, we're uh, like I said, we're, we're talking about how to glorify God while we're growing in Christ. Mike, your, your motto so often is the echoes of Scripture with doing all to the glory of God. And in fact, it's on the bottom of all your sermon notes, soli deo gloria. So where does that concept even come from? This whole idea of glorifying God in all of life, it really comes from the idea that life in Christ is one of worship. That's not just when you come to church and you gather with the body. All of life is worship, and it is all to be lived to the glory of God. And I've been thinking about this a lot because I think sometimes I get this idea that, hey, I'm just going to preach it, and everyone's going to go live it, and it's going to be the victorious Christian life. But I know that's not how life is. That's not how my life is. And a lot of people, they just go and take it and they live it and they're, you, you live it in joy and in sorrow. And, you know, this whole idea of living the Christian life and growing in grace, knowing pain and pleasure. And, you know, in light of the curse, we're sinful, but also um, the cross conquered the curse. And so how do you live in Christ kind of in the nitty gritty of life, really? You know, we're we're encouraged in 2 Peter 3.18 to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to do. And then we read in 1 Corinthians 10.31, whatever you do, whatever you eat, whether you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so I'm concerned with how do we do all to the glory of God, really where the rubber meets the road in our life. Mm-hmm. So maybe some of the things we don't talk about a lot of times as Christians. So give me an example of something where you would say the average Christian, the ordinary Christian, is not glorifying God. What area of life in particular do you see that most often coming up? I don't know, actually. I would just say in my own life, it would be in my thought life. A lot of times, you know, you're reading the word and you're wanting to put it into practice, but then you're having thoughts that you know, negate some of that or that go against some of that or that are not pleasing to God, whether that's jealousy or anger or lust or wanting to control something. And so I guess I'm thinking of it in terms of our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit indwells believers. And it says in 1 Corinthians 6.20, uh, you are not your own, therefore glorify God in your body. And the idea, I said this in a sermon recently that, you know, you when I was preaching Romans 12, 1, that you can't glorify God outside your body. If you're, if you're outside your body, you're not here anymore, okay? And so you're, you've got a body that's all of you, okay? Your body, your mind, your soul. In fact, the Bible, when it speaks of souls, it's not that you have a soul. It's that you are a soul, that you and I are living souls, living beings. And so we want to glorify God on earth as, as we live. And I've kind of broken it down into four main categories, okay? I think maybe this will answer your question in a roundabout way. 
So the first category is the simplest, and it's listening and talking. The idea that you listen to God as you read the word, as you hear the word. You know, when scripture speaks, God speaks. So you hear the voice of God, and we did a couple podcasts on this. And so I hope that our listeners are very attuned to that idea that's very embedded in scripture. So listening to God through the word, but also talking to God in prayer. So the word and prayer, those two foundational aspects of our life in Christ, those are givens, okay? And so I don't want to talk a lot about those today because we talk a lot about that, and I can do that all day long, but I want to get into a couple other pairings, okay? So think about this. How often do we talk about what we eat and, and how much we sleep? Okay, so eating and sleeping. And if you, again, you think about 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat, whether you drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, meaning that we are to be eating to the glory of God. Mm. Now we're meddling, right? Because now we're into what are we choosing to put into our bodies? And then sleeping. How often do we talk about sleep? I mean, we spend like 25 to 30% of our life sleeping. You know, Psalm 127, verse two, it says, it is vain to rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Yeah. God grants us the, the grace of sleep, grants us the gift of sleep. And so I think we need to think about how are we glorifying God? How do I glorify God if I'm being a glutton? Mm. How do I glorify God if I'm burning the candle at both ends and not getting adequate rest for stretches of time? Obviously, there's times when you need to get something done or that you're you stay up late and you're reading or doing this or that and you get up early but on a on a average basis i think we lose a lot of productivity because of sleep deprivation hmm. and if we think if we if i if i can start thinking if our listeners could start thinking that when i'm eating and even when i'm sleeping or the kind of amount of sleep i can make sure i get that i can glorify god in that but think about it when you're sleeping you are fully yielded to God, okay? He's keeping you breathing. He's keeping you alive. You close your eyes at night to go to sleep. You're literally saying, Lord, your will be done. And we have no guarantee that we will wake up in the morning. And so I've been thinking a lot about this and going like how, how much maybe lost time is there in growing in grace from bad eating habits, whether it's eating too much or not enough, or eating too much of the bad thing or not enough of the good thing. And, and how much is lost in growing in grace from our sleep patterns. Mm -hmm. And especially in America where we drive ourselves so hard and we have trouble resting. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I mean, we, we hear that stuff in productivity classes all the time, right? Like you need to be eating correct. You need to be sleeping correct because you might on paper, oh, you're putting in all this work. You're putting all, all this time in, but it's a lot of quantity of time, but not a lot of quality of time. Right. In fact, I read recently some crazy stats like the best athletes in the world get lots of sleep. Like Roger Federer gets like 12 hours of sleep and LeBron James gets like 12 hours of sleep. And I'm thinking, I thought LeBron was shooting baskets all the time and he's getting 12 hours of sleep a night, you know? And I think for the average person, if you can get seven or eight, but many people go on four five, six hours, that's not healthy to sustain long-term. And a Christian, I think, needs to be more aware. I've become much more aware of this uh, in recent uh, years of my sleep patterns and how I need, especially as I'm getting older, I need more sleep. And I need to make sure I get adequate sleep 
And I know that when I'm sleep deprived, I don't make as as good of decisions and my responses aren't as godly, really. True. And it, it comes back to this idea of training ourselves, training our minds, our bodies in order to glorify God, right? Like that's kind of where we're going with this. Well, let's talk about that training. You said training. What about the idea? This is another grouping here, exercise and rest. First Timothy 4, 8 tells us bodily training is of some value. Godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. And what this telling us is that bodily training isn't going to help you in eternity, but bodily training is good for now. Now, godliness is good for now and then. And so the idea that we ought to be exercising our bodies in an appropriate way, not under-exercising, not over-exercising, but literally getting the kind of exercise that helps us serve God better and be healthier. And then the idea of rest, the other end of that spectrum, like exercising, but you're expending energy. How about just resting? You know, the Bible is replete with instructions to rest in the Lord, right? There's literally a a tenth commandment in in that list that talks about <laughs> rest. Yeah, yeah. And and Hebrews 4 talks about this Sabbath rest for the people of God where you rest from your works and rest in Christ's works. Now that's spiritual. Right. That's salvific. Right. But the whole idea of of literally resting in the Lord and and you know like Psalm 46 10, be still and know that I am God. Cease striving. And I always think of that as an internal thing. But I notice that when I slow down, maybe sit down, take a deep breath, relax, that I can actually rest in the Lord internally better if I'm externally resting. Like right now, you and I are in a very quiet office and this room is restful. I mean, just being in this room kind of calms you down, you know? So exercise and rest. And I've got one more coupling and it's work and play. And the idea that we're to work hard and then this idea of play is a very interesting one I'll get to in a moment, but let's talk about work for a moment. Proverbs 30, verse 25, it talks about the ants, right? The ants aren't mighty. They're weak, but they provide their food. They're like an army, and they're very, very effective. And 1 Thessalonians 4 uh, says that we should make it our ambition to lead a quiet life and work with our hands, just like we were instructed that we would live properly and not be dependent on others, that we are to work hard. We're also to admonish the idle, 1 Thessalonians 5.14. Uh, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with all. But the idea of working hard, whatever God gave you to do, whatever God has gifted you to do and given you the ability to do, whether that's volunteer or whether that's paid, we need to work at that with all of our heart. We need to put everything into it and do our best. But then you get to recreation. And recreation, and again, we're going to meddle here. But what about the empty pursuits that all of us go into? We have this entertainment culture in America, don't we? And we want fun. And I guess I would want to turn that around and say to myself and to our, our listeners, think of play or recreation in this way. Enjoying God's good, gracious gifts in moderation with a mindset to, to glorify Him, uh, but not mocking Him. Because there are a lot of there are a lot of recreation pursuits that we can get into. There are a lot of play aspects of fun that we think are fun that actually mock God. Hmm. And that doesn't glorify God. 
see this whole topic is very interesting to me because I, I it, it goes beyond just like compartmentalizing my my brain is weird right you know this very me well. too me too <laughs> but my brain's weird too. my brain likes to compartmentalize things of like okay this time is for work sure this time is for play this yes. time is you know like I I like to break it up like that and what you just brought out I mean I naturally chafe against it right, right? right. like there are things that I could be doing in my my leisure time my play time if you will that mocks god that terrifies me i don't want to mock god right so what do you mean by that i probably mean more along the entertainment aspect of things in america okay uh, because let's just say i think it's i think it's one of those things and i've fallen into this trap where and again you don't want to be legalistic but you also don't want to be licentious okay like anything goes uh you know it's like you can't do this or that or hey do whatever you want and I always say that if you're legalistic, that you should loosen up a bit. And if you're licentious, you should tighten up a bit, right? But I think the idea that I think a lot of Christians in America at least think, well, I can take so much bad stuff because I got so much good stuff. I mean, like I read my Bible this much because, again, I like to look at life holistically and not reg- overregulate every aspect and go, I'm playing now or, you know, I'm, I'm reading now. But the idea that we could say, well, I'm reading the Bible, so... I can watch a movie with a bunch of cuss words or I can play a video game with, you know, some some pictures on there that aren't appropriate or I can look at stuff on my, you know, there's certain things where you go, I'm looking at that on my uh, on my computer. Well, you know you're looking at the wrong thing if some guy's into pornography, right? But what about all the things that are allowable within the Christian community? How many times do we say, well, that movie only has this many cuss words? Well, how many is good? You know, like I think there's plenty of things that mock God and Christians kind of go, well, you know, I'm good. I'm strong. I can handle that. But what about your weaker brother that can't handle it? Or what about if you really can't handle it? And what you do is you just slide downward into kind of this morose area where you don't even realize how messed up you've made yourself. That's a very good point because we have to be very aware that our natural state is to suppress the truth in unrighteousness, right? Right. And so when we are consuming this entertainment culture, it's very easy for us to justify, excuse, and even celebrate as Romans 1 goes on to talk about things that are mocking to God. Right. And for example, when you think about entertainment, it's very easy because we are judgmental, okay? And we're supposed to be examining our own hearts and repenting of our own sin and walking, you know, closely with Jesus on our own, not thinking about, oh, look at that person's doing for their entertainment. It's very easy for us to go, well, that kind of entertainment over there is bad, but the kind that I allow in my life, oh, it's so good. It's so different. You don't It's so different, that. right? And so the idea that we can make an idol out of anything, right? Our, our hearts are idol factories. So I have to be thinking, what am I allowing into my life? It might not be a bad thing for someone else, but it might be bad for me. Mm. And so I think, again, not look at the other person, Though we do, I think we do have that tendency in the Christian community to allow things together to kind of justify our decisions, okay? Where a group of Christians will get together and say, well, we think this is okay. And so we're all giving ourselves a thumbs up, so we're fine. Most people over there, they're doing stuff that's wrong. And again, we don't want to be licentious. We don't want to be judgmental. We don't want to be legalistic. But let's think about how hard are we working and also what kind of play are we engaging in? What kind of fun? What kind of recreation? And and are we glorifying God? You know, internally even, can I be praising the glories of God's grace in Christ while engaged in certain activities? Yeah. So these are the kind of questions I think Christians should be asking. Again, how do you 
glorify God as you grow in grace. It does get down into the pores of our life, okay? It gets kind of rubbed into the pores. It isn't just when I'm at church and when I'm taking in the word of God and when I'm praying. It is the decisions I'm making about when to go to sleep and what to eat and what kind of, you know, fun to engage in and things like that. Right. It's the all-encompassing Christian life. So in my life, I'm most concerned right now with thinking through and praying through how can I glorify God as I grow in grace and really letting that sink down into all the nooks and crannies of my life like butter on an English muffin Mm. and really wanting to glorify God. And I think it comes from that. Like, I really want to glorify God. And I know there's things in my life that I probably need to look at more closely because they might not be helping me glorify God. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you. This is given, I mean, I don't really like these podcasts because they're very convicting to me, Mike. <laughs> That's very painful. But thank you for joining me today and talking about this issue and I mean, really turning over some of those spider webby stones that I have in my life. So uh, thank you for listening today. And we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we would like to hear about topics you would want us to discuss, or maybe if these discussions have helped you in any way. If you want to contact us, reach out to us at ordinarychurch at gmail.com. We hope you will join us next week as we strive to stay faithful even in the ordinary.